2: The Raptors won again last night, their 15th straight, which is currently both the most ho-hum and the most extraordinary sentence in basketball. It's ho-hum because the Raptors' winning appears to be just a part of our regular NBA life now. That's a call I
0: can't miss.
1: On fire as he knocks it down. In a position to win. Win. In a position to go. In a position to win. In a position to to go. Wow. We're about to go and defeat it in all of the matches. We did the first shoot, do it the same as secondly. We did it. Carter. Carter. comes up shooting. Got it! 1.2 seconds to go! Vince Carter, you are amazing. Give it to me.
2: Welcome to Charles born Matters podcast number 84, I think we're on 84, Where we're joined with the usual suspects right in front of me, Gregory
1: Yeroshadis. How you doing, Brandon? Oh, I'm fantastic. How you doing, Sunshine? I'm just waiting for these primary results. My my boy Sanders, leading the pack. Colonel! And moving over to his right is Christian Wolfgang Grafen back from his sex tour
2: of Alaska, Graphin, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> My
0: boy Trump. Still in the league. Li- no, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm
2: totally joking. Alrighty. So, obviously, there's a lot to get to with the announcement of, uh, the, I guess, the All-Star game was last week, or the announcement of the All-Star, so we won't get to that. But we'll talk about all the trades that went down this week. Uh, Raptors obviously stood pat. 15-game win streak. Not much of a reason to actually uh, make any sort of drastic moves. We kind of... Uh, Right the ship, maintain uh, where we're at right now. I think we're, pre- we're pretty good. 15 games in a row is a pretty uh, stellar uh, string of wins. Uh, I would have gr- liked to see a little trade. Uh, I think we all would have, but I don't think it was necessary. Graf, what are your thoughts on the Raptors' uh, reluctance to make a trade on deadline day and also our 15-game winning streak?
0: Yeah, no, I said it before. I don't. I I have no problem with us making zero trades. Like, right now, I know the problem is, if anything, we have too many pieces and, like, who's going to play, but that's a good That's a good problem yeah. to have, right? Like, again, we mentioned it this, this last time. You're sitting McCaw. You're sitting Boucher. There's players right now who are getting minutes that and are who not you playing gi- in the playoffs, right? And so who do you want to give up?
1: Exactly. Right. I mean, especially because we're trying to build.
0: There's two players, and one would be OG just simply because Never. of the like aggression. And I, I, again, I'm in your camp too. I I, I wouldn't want to trade him, uh, especially the game at last night we saw what he yep. can do. And then the other one would be Van Vliet, just because he's a he's a free agent. But if we lose Van Vliet, he's you know.
1: And we talked about we going to the finals. We talked about Powell too. Like after yeah, you know, but he's, he's finally right too, right? But so. like he's finally at his peak as a player.
0: I have no problem with no trades, honestly. The, the Raptors have a lot. There's been so many games this season where they haven't had the full squad. Yeah, uh, They have a lot of chemistry to build off of, and we still look like a team that's e- almost easily going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Abundance right of depth. 15 uh, in a row. So 15. let's get to that. 15 in a
2: row. Uh, season high for this season is 18 for the Bucks. I think the Raptors, what, need 13 more wins to take out Miami's 27-game win streak. I think I went down in 2012 season. I
0: was there in Chicago when they beat Miami to end their 27 game win streak. Crazy. I happened to be there for work, but uh, in huh. the city, but yeah, uh, so and I've been to two of these games now for the Raptors win streak, so I'm I'm going to go to the one coming up and I'm really hoping they don't lose. So, so go.
2: Filipino lucky <laughs> charm. The record's 33, so we're not we're not even halfway there yet, but still an incredible go. 15 game uh, win streak, hey. Greg. What do you, what's your impression of this uh this incredible run we've made?
1: Well, uh first, let me just say that uh, if we continue the streak, we end up uh, coincidentally are we uh, playing the Bucks on the day that it would be the 19th game to win. So if they win the next three games, we end up then playing Milwaukee, and that I think would just be awesome, right? You'd be playing them at home. If we beat them, we take out their streak for the year. Talking about a huge psychological boost. So I'm I'm hoping that we can just kind of hang on until the All Star break right uh no I think there's just one more game right
0: yeah uh, it's Against. a more night and it, it's funny because what you're saying there um about sorry what were you just, just talking about
1: uh how it ultimately we would end up playing the bucks and and yeah. we would have to, beat, right, them right. to so the, beat their streak
0: so the bucks beat both the Lakers and golden State who are the top two records 33 and 28 win consecutive streets it's the bucks who have beaten them both so oh dear they're they're a streak ender.
1: But you know, just to your uh, question though, Brandon. Like my impressions, it's <laughs> it's been. An, How can you a, be negative? It's an entertaining streak to watch because usually in these streaks, like even in the Bucks streaks, those streak that get those games were out of reach. Like the Bucks just are, would just demolish people, right? Teams, yeah. Because the Raptors right now, like like when we have our full complement of players, we are blowing teams out, and even now we kind of still are, but. Because of the injuries, like even yesterday, okay, Lowry's back. Oh, but Ibaka's got the flu, so we're playing against Carl Anthony Towns, starting Ron RJ, right? Or RHJ, right? Oh, no, 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 yeah, Hustle Jefferson at center, and he did great. But so it's a little more entertaining because nothing is guaranteed, right? And some of these finishes, like that comeback against Indiana. Right? The late game finish against Brooklyn. Like, very, very exciting.
0: Games, again, the back-to-back games, too. Like, games that we're winning back. They're games that we shouldn't be almost even in or shouldn't be winning. I mentioned to you before, watch, we're probably going to beat Brooklyn, but we're going to lose to Minnesota. I was worried about Minnesota. Uh, I was kind of worried about Minnesota. Because they're playing so loose and free and chucking up all those threes. And just look how many turnovers we had in the first half of that game last night. We 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 were playing poorly, and then we... This is the this is the difference between the Raptors five years or the Raptors when I was growing up versus the Raptors now is you can even say first Dwayne of
1: all Dwayne Casey Derozan Raptors
0: sure yeah honestly right. we 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 a we close out teams mm-hmm. and we beat teams that we're supposed to beat mm-hmm. and, and those two things never really happened before there'd always be and we're never out of a game honestly that's the other thing what was it where they were yeah. down by ten against Indiana with two and a half minutes left
1: I I confess that I started to like fast forward because I had taped it I started to fast forward assuming that they were going to lose. Unreal comeback, shame, dude! Unreal comeback. So though.
0: you'll never do that again, though, right?
1: I I make no promises.
2: <laughs> Alrighty, let's jump in the next segment. Before we get there, Greg. Okay, so everyone knows Gracen's got a kid coming soon. Greg got a little, a little gift
0: here. No,
2: a little gifty poo product right from uh, candace his girlfriend. There we go. Oh nah, man, I knitted this. You knitted this it's yourself? A baby blanket.
0: Oh my god! Yeah. actually. Oh, yeah. oh my god. Thank I knitted it myself so much. No,
1: This is what she does When I make her watch basketball
0: Really? She knit this? Like, Yeah You must yeah. be watching A lot She's of basketball working. then <laughs> Yeah dude I don't know if you could get, This is in a plastic bag right now oh yeah, mass, oh yeah man Oh
1: uh, yeah Put it through the wash Make sure Cause my Cause some of the cats Were going on it Or whatever so
0: No problem Cat allergy solved Yeah man Alright thank,
1: thank you No man No. Oh yeah Bring it in for the real thing There you go Thank Bring you Bring it in for the real thing Yeah no, That's she's been working on thank that for you, a while. Candace, it's Candace, it's, it's, it's our listening. pleasure.
0: Thank you so so much. This is amazing. Well, you know, Medicine you and Meta
1: are are just great people. So, you know. Well, thank you, my friend.
0: Yeah. Alrighty, uh, so the
2: <laughs> next topic we want to get, I wanted to discuss was the emergence of Sergio Bodka. Obviously playing some of the best basketball in his entire career, currently averaging 16, 8 and one on 52-49-75 shooting. Uh he's got a usage rate of almost twenty-five at twenty-four point seven. He's a really integral part of our rotation. Can you just talk about uh, the importance of him stepping up the season in lieu of Marcus Sall's injury, as well as sort of being like a leader in the locker room. And, you know, we're talking about a guy who's you know coming up uh, end of his contract the end of the season. Is this someone we absolutely lead to need to lock down? Is he part of our identity as an organization?
1: Well, Ibaka is a very interesting character, right? Because I remember when he first came, I was super hyped about him because I'm like, yeah, we finally have a power forward to like slip in our lineup, right? and this is kind of happening as the league is shifting and is getting older, so his best minutes turned out to be at center. But I remember Graf, you were, you were seeing, you are like, I don't know, I don't, right? You're like, I'm not sure, I don't like the two bigs, right? And, you know, and then I, I started to agree with you, and I was like, yeah, like, it's just not working, Ibaka's not, like, too many bonehead plays, right? And, but, but now, over the past year, he's just really come into his own as a pro, and uh, the leadership... The poise, the like he doesn't block the shots like he used to, but offensively, he's way better than he used to be.
0: Yeah, well, that elbow shot is money. Yeah, Every money. Every single time. You know that's going in on the pick and roll, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh his three recently. Yeah. Honestly, I used to be one of those people a season ago who, whenever you'd take a 3 you'd go, No. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. don't nah. do it. The Patrick Patterson compliment. <laughs> Patrick Patterson. <laughs> now, now Balkan takes a three. I, I'm if he's open, I'm expecting it to go in. So yeah. no, he's improved tremendously. And then again, I think it's the off court stuff too. Like I know he's yeah. building his own brand. So the EVEC class and the yeah, yeah. how hungry are you? But honestly, you look at the impact it's made around even the NBA. There's people, there's other players like Jared Dudley that are re- He's obviously someone who's very, very good in the locker. Like he's he that championship mentality. And in my mind, if you're looking Brandon towards next year, specifically towards like money and, and contracts. I think there's an issue to solve, obviously, with Gasol, Abaka, and Van Vliet. But I think if you give Abaka roughly the same and you swap Van Vliet roughly and Gasol's contracts, I think we can keep all three, honestly.
2: What about, uh, like, you're talking about someone coming off a, a contract this year. He's making 21.6 last year, just over 20 million. You think it's going to be in the same ballpark when we do resign him, or do you see him taking less, more?
0: I think it's going to be like in the high teens. I think something like yeah. 17, 17, 18. Maybe for a longer contract, for, but less like money. Three Sorry, million.
2: I messed that up. So this year he's making 23.2. Last year he made 21.6. And the first year was a three year contract. He made just over 20 million.
0: Yeah. So, I, and again, if if we go deep, it, it, it does depend on that, honestly. Look, Danny Green left here because last year because of yeah. why not coming back. So yeah. if we get the pieces back, Fred Van Vliet and everyone else, um, I don't see Ibaka going somewhere else. He loves Toronto,
1: and and that's what what I just wanted to add. What's great about Ibaka is I think he was one of the first like real NBA established pros that came to Toronto like and was happy to be here instead of Florida where he was playing right with Orlando. Like and he's so embraced it. Right, and
0: one of the Maasai moves, like one of those classic Maasai moves mm-hmm. where, honestly, a lot of people, including myself, sort of questioned it. Not just the Because you're giving up Ross. Yeah, not just the acquisition. First rounder. Giving up Ross in the first rounder, but honestly, even the re-signing for that much money, the 23, 21, 20, whatever it is. Like, it's, it's not a little bit, but he's... He's, he's proven him. He's proven to Almost get better And try to earn that From game.
2: my perspective This seems like The only year Within that three year contract Where it seems like He deserves the contract well, I think the last year, couple of years Like he's been a good player But
1: it's also tough Because you didn't get Playing time Brandon with, with Gasol
2: No but you know What I'm saying though Like I think the whole Thing is like uh, l- League reputation Versus actual On court play I think for a while Especially with Serge Ibaka Coming from that OKC team I think a lot of people Viewed him as As sort of Not a star But just below What a star is And I think the last couple of years so I think he kind of redeveloped his identity as a player in the league.
0: How old is Abaka? Uh,
2: Serge Abaka. That's a great question. Serge Ibaka. Let me just pull 30, up.
1: I believe. Which
0: is a guess <laughs> from Greg. I'm going to guess 30. You're going to guess 30. Go ahead and confirm He's
2: 30, it? yeah. He's a, year, he's a year younger than us, he's which is kind of crazy to say.
0: <laughs> that's, that's sad. Um, um, but yeah, he has a
2: toughness, too.
0: I, I can see him wanting like a four year. Honestly. So
2: one thing we talked about, Fred Van Lee coming back from injury, a couple guys on the men as well. Um, we talk about the playoffs. We obviously trim down our bench. The rotation typically goes to three people off the bench, starting five. Obviously, we have an abundance of depth on this team. Certain guys have stepped up and other guys have been out. Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher, you know, the list goes around to hellish the list goes on. Beyond our starting five, who is our core bench rotation? You know, you talk about Lowry, let's say we'll put Van Vliet, uh, Norman Powell, Siakam, and Ibaka on the starting five. Gasol is a six-man. Who are the other two guys you think are going to be absolutely integral? Or do you think we're going to expand our bench rotation? I
1: I was going to say, like, do you remember a few years ago when we had the bench mob and somebody asked Casey, a reporter asked Casey, like, you know, how are you going to trim it down come playoffs? And he's like, I don't know if we need to. Uh... This sort of this team reminds me of that team from 2 years ago. Um in that like you know the, the the Brooklyn game, you had guys like coming from the D League, sorry sorry the G League that came in and played big time minutes. Um so we could put like shifts on. Now, I think with Nurse it's going to be situational too. Like sometimes he will just go with a top 8 like he did last night. Um but Brandon, I don't even know if we need to narrow it down because and on our team, I don't know if it makes sense to narrow it down to just the top eight because on a given night, another guy could be rolling. Uh, I don't know if Macaw makes the cut, if you're going to make a cut. I think Terrence Davis
0: has jumped loves, him. Does Hollis Jefferson Ter- make the cut? nurse loves McCaw.
1: I Okay, honestly, to me, Terrence Davis and Jefferson
0: uh, and Terrence, Powell. Terrence, Terrence Davis, Terrence Davis Jefferson, kind of, and Powell are the Terrence three Davis guys. Terrence is kind of— okay, so. Terrence Davis is kind of hit or miss, and Nick Nurse has been pretty critical of him sometimes this season. Whenever he's made plays, like even last night he had what, like five, three points. Mm. The game before that he had a ton, right? Like he he, he is kind of like cool. a, a young pal in yeah. a way, right? Where he's, he is inconsistent with that. Well, he's a rookie, yeah. I I don't know if he would necessarily get too many minutes. You're right. See he might just like, go
1: with McCaw because he's experienced.
0: And honestly, it's that that you know interchangeableness with with Van Vliet, because if. We saw it last year, right? Van Vliet could sometimes in the playoffs, if we're facing a long team, yeah. Like Philly or Orlando, he, he, Nurse has no problem changing that out with someone like McCall, or even or even like you said, Terrence Davis. It's
2: just if we do trim it down though, three guys off the bench go to eight, let's say Van Vliet guard backup.
1: No, but he'll start Not
2: Van Vliet. The- well let's say Norman Powell starts. What okay, let's let's a hypothetical situation. Let's say Norman's starting. Okay. OG's at three. Um
1: He's been, He uh, sometimes he goes to two big lineups, eh? I'm just saying on the surface, happening. we're saying
2: Lowry, Powell, OG, Siakam, and we're talking Marcus salt okay. starting five. Mark, yeah. Off the bench, in that sort of situation, okay. you have Fred Van Vliet, who can play both the point guard shooting guard position. Ibaka. you get got Ibaka, who can play both the power forward and center position. And additionally, you have Ronnie Hollis-Cheverson, who can play both forward positions as well. So if you do eventually trim down the bench, you have three guys who are so multifaceted in their skill set that they can sort of... Cover a lot of positions in any
0: situation. But in did you games. mention
2: Van Fleet yet? If you're yes. he's not in the starting yes. lineup,
0: no, he said he said he's part I said, of I said Van percentage.
2: Vliet as like the bench mob as a guy I that see, can okay. come in. Like obviously he's going to be playing the crunch time minutes. I'm just saying the starting five.
0: And I think that's my like again. If we were to sit Terrence Davis, it's not the end of the it's not the end of the world. We have a solid eight there with Rondé, and
2: even McCaw coming in as like a defensive exactly. specialist in certain matchups might be. Uh, might be ideal. All righty, let's, uh, let's jump into the second quarter. Um, obviously, the NBA trade deadline went down. We're not going to go into the nitty-gritty of all the trades. We're not talking to about the, the the impact that Ennis has on the Orlando Magic. No, we're going to focus on the major trades. So we're talking about five major trades. Um, and we're basically just going to discern who the winner is through the evaluation, through discussion. So the start one I'm going to start off with, the LA Clippers getting Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas. The Knicks getting Mar- Maurice Harkless. I think he's going to be bought out. Uh, He's actually from Bronx as well. And 2020 first round pick and second from Detroit. And Washington Wizards get Jerome Robinson. I'll start this one off. Obviously, it's incredible that the LA gets Marcus Morris. He seems like he's perfect in that situation. But I think Washington wins this trade personally because right now they're talking about what you're trading Isaiah Thomas, aging point guard, not part of your future. And you get a guy like Jerome Robinson who was what, the 12th overall pick last year? Like, I don't think that's a bad coup considering, you know, Clippers just want to, you know, obviously get better immediately. Jerome Robinson, a sack, push to land there. I don't know what we're getting from I, him.
0: You know, I don't disagree with you. I think that like it's obviously, obviously it's going to be L.A.
2: Clippers or Washington Wizards, right? Like, it, I think all teams, generally speaking, sort of won this trade There was not really like a definitive loser. I would just say that Washington got something out of nothing.
0: And just to confirm that 2020 first round pick was the Clippers first round pick. It's not the. Um, yeah, it's the Clippers. Yeah. Right. Because the other one was Detroit's, right? The second round pick. Yeah.
1: Alright, no, yeah. that said That kid plays Point guard No, the Clippers guard.
0: won that She's shooting guard No,
1: the kid that Washington got
0: Jerome Robinson Shooting guard, shooting guard. Oh, yeah. shooting
1: guard Okay, well But that's I mean, Bradley Beal plays that Irrelevant though The thing I'm saying is that in situ- You're yeah, basically young, getting young A former
2: 12th overall pick For next to nothing Yep and yeah. Isaiah Thomas got released, like, but, but like I guess the focus should Poor be Marcus Morris, his impact on the Clippers. Obviously, they were missing a piece; they're missing a four. Um, graph But how do you think he impacts his team, especially come playoff time, matchup wise against
0: the elite of the West? No, I think it'll be really challenging uh, to match up against Murray. He again, he's a really tough matchup. His defense is not the greatest, and I think they do have a bit of an issue with with Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell out there right now. When they're out there defensively, they're not that good of a team, mm-hmm. um, so they're going to be pretty reliant on their starting lineup for that. Uh, uh, it's gonna honestly for me. It's hard to see the Clippers lose it. Like their team <laughs> looks so good on paper, and they should do so well. But Paul George has not been playing as well this year. Uh, obviously, the injuries cut sort of affected that. Uh, for me, Marcus Morris is the piece that they needed. They somehow got it. I don't know how. And they're because the they re- wanted to block the Lakers. Honestly, but that's huge. They're like the only team that's really in the run for it. That made a big acquisition. Right, yeah. like there's no one else that was in the top like six teams that really, really changed their team with anything. Miami I think was Morris trying,
1: but yeah, yeah no, uh, I I agree. It look Morris, like you know, I was I, I was on the podcast last week. You kind wanted of, him for the Raptors. I, I mean, he's a player that one of the players that you could look at like uh is another one. Like just because he's a guy that can get you a bucket, and that's the thing. Like when you look at the but Clippers, do they that? Oh, n- not necessarily. I think the Lakers need that more, actually, because like outside like LeBron and AD, they've made like their superstars not necessarily because of their scoring prowess. Like obviously they score. But in terms of like late game execution, I'm going to drop a shot on you like Kevin Durant style. Okay, the Clippers, they have that. They have three guys like that Four if you count actually Lou Williams, they have four guys like that now. Um, and that's a, a player that I thought the Raptors could use. Well, one thing I kind of can find very confusing about this is, you know, obviously there's two
2: Morris brothers and they're not the same person, same player. But, you know, Mark Keefe is currently playing for Detroit, looking like a trade ship. He's earning three point two million dollars a season in 22 minutes. He's averaging 11 points. And- I told you he's no good. You know, 4 rebounds It's not bad numbers Wait how much Is he averaging 11 and 4 and 22 But he, he, He's making 3.2 million dollars a year He can shoot The outside shot He's shooting 38% From 3 on 4.3 attempts a That's game. not bad You know what I mean Like I don't understand Why he wasn't really In consideration For being you know One of the more Sought after pieces You know He's, he, he's averaging he's, a th- Like what A third less minutes Per game than his brother
1: Because his brother's better He is He's the better twin like he is like, like you see him Like his work in Boston Versus his work in
0: uh, Washington Who's the better twin Brooke or Robin Who's a what Who's the better twin Brooke or Robin Lopez
1: Oh Of course It's, it's, Brooke. it's Brooke
0: It's an It's weird eh It's like They're it's actually Always one
1: op, No but they're actually Polar opposite players as well, right? One of them's like a like a like a lunch pail and hard hat player. The other one is like more finesse.
2: So I think what we're trying to get at, uh who do you got as a winner for this trade, guys? It's Clippers for me. Clippers. Clippers. I I can see that as well. And Marquise
1: Morris for not having to be in
2: on the Knicks. All right, Marcus. All right, moving down the list. uh, (laughs) Cleveland Cavaliers got Andre Drummond in one of the more bizarre trades of the deadline. Detroit got John Henson. I can't believe he's still in the fucking league. That guy looks like like he has baby face On like old man's body, like receding hairline. Like I feel like he's been in the the league for like ten years. He
1: dropped out to become a rapper.
2: the corpse of Brendan Knight, uh, <laughs> yeah. a twenty and the twenty twenty three second round pick. Corpse so next to nothing Brendan for Andre Knight. Drummond. Andre Drummond going to Cleveland. Uh, Andre Drummond put out the tweet after the trade. There's one thing I learned about the NBA. There's no friends or loyalty. I've given my heart and soul the Pistons. And to have this happened with no heads up makes me realize even more than this is just a business. I love Detroit. Dot dot dot. Um, so very cryptic. Uh, Andre Drummond's making twenty seven million this year, twenty eight point seven next year. Talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers and a team that is developing. Um, I don't really understand this trade personally. I don't really see much of a clear winner in this. Guys, what's your impression or takeaways from this trade?
1: Yeah. Oh, is this, just, this is just the error. It's a salary that, dump. But this is just, he's the best, re, he, this guy's the best rebounder in the game. And at a trade deadline when you have all these teams going for it, right? You have so, right now, so many teams. It's not like last year where it was like, everyone knows Golden State's going to win, right? So it's not worth making a trade. You have lots of teams that could benefit from a big time player he's a former all-star and he's the best rebounder in the league and no one wanted him like to the to the point when i was saying like why didn't the raptors just like offer to trade like boucher and like a a uh, a future second round pick and it would have been better than what cleveland gave or you
0: know i'm so confused not one other team is willing to give a better but it's the era that better, we're in right better, he doesn't he doesn't shoot the three i know but like why wouldn't i mean even even atlanta right like they got Clint capella awesome yeah I guess it's his contract. Not a big fan here. of
2: that to be honest but with if you. If I don't if like the Capella trade dude, to Atlanta. Oh, are we going like to I want to talk we're about gonna that. Get, we're going to get to that. Yeah, but, but
0: yeah, obviously. Well, I, but, I did I did include
2: or I did, I did. So we'll get to that. Yeah, later. yeah we're
0: going to get. But again, this this Andre Drummond fascinates me. I I don't understand how another team that was in the hunt didn't offer a little bit more than this. I don't understand why Houston honestly just didn't offer like their first round pick. I think that it's going be enough, right? I think there. it's a
1: fact that enough. yeah, if you went to Houston, like, and then you can just bring him off the bench right. as he, needed,
0: his contract's up at the end of the it's year. A, it's it's the a luxury the, tax. It's the it.
2: devaluement of that position, though. That rim-running center, that big. If you could talk about getting a comparative guy like Nerns Noel for two million dollars, or you can get fucking Andre Drummond for twenty-eight. You yeah, know but, what I mean? Right I understand Andre yeah, yeah. Drummond's a more like, like, obviously he's a more impactful player in comparison to a lot of guys, but you're not losing that much. That's why teams are trading Clint Capella. That's why they're trading these bigs. That's why a guy like who's making twenty-eight point five million dollars next year, but playing alongside. Kevin,
0: at the end of the year, so it's not not like it's this year, next year. Rich. No, this no, year, no next option. year. He has no, a no, player no. He option
2: has next option,
1: year, but people think he's going to opt out.
2: He's not, not going. You're telling me he's going to opt out of a 20.5 million dollar contract in the NBA, where the market for centers is drastically decreasing every single
1: year. Well, anyways, you're both right. Is is the point where where he it could be a, a temporary thing, but I agree with Graf. Like it's
0: baffling. I can't. I just can't believe that someone else wouldn't offer a little bit more. Well, money.
1: it's more of an indication
2: of a, of, of um, Atlanta's overpay for Capella if Drummond's going to go for this package, right?
1: But but Capella is is more modern because he's more springy and he could switch, right? Versus yeah, but, uh, but Drummond's think, more of a plodding center,
2: right? But think about what Houston. I'm sorry. What um like you know like the package for Clint Capella? You know what I mean? They got. Covington They got Jordan Bell in the second Covington's a guy That can slide In the starting five rotation That guy's a serviceable piece That guy's part of your Crunch time playoff rotation You're talking about John Henson Brendan Knight And a 23 second round pick Yeah
0: No I know That's why I'm I'm I'm, sho- I'm shocked That's a- I don't think that Atlanta Overpaid by any means Honestly No like, if you look I do I up,
2: I, do. I think they overpaid Based on this trade if This trade did not go yeah. down And I saw that trade For what it was At that time For Clint Capella yeah, I would justify that trade like based, based on, on the ra- market But based on saying. the exact yeah. Based on the comparative market, the fact that Andre Drummond went for this little, I can't. I have to say that. But that's what,
0: that's saying it with hindsight, though, too.
2: But that, yeah. that that that's truth, though. That's truth. Those are facts. That's a trade. Those are two trades. And like I said before, if that trade didn't go down, I could justify it. This trade is an indication of what direction that player, that play center, the rim running center, is going in the NBA and the value of that player moving forward.
0: Again, I, Andre Drummond to me, obviously, like the what he brings to the table is similar. To to Clint Capella, but to me, like you were saying, Clint Capella can. I don't know. In my mind, well, Atlanta A needed a center. That's what they've really like. Did. What like what a younger what? Center.
2: What makes Clint Capella better than Andre Drummond?
1: He's he can switch onto smaller players easier. He can guard the perimeter easier. Right. That's the that's main one. reason why
0: Andre Drummond's not really because he can't shoot and he can't really switch. Right. Right. So that's but, but why my Capella can't, confuse, can't shoot either. So why is
2: defensively? So but why defensively. is Cleveland locking in? Locking into another year of a guy who you're putting beside Kevin Love, who uh, clearly can't do the same, like what we just talked about, with running the perimeter, and also combination of two young point guards who don't really seem like they're fitting well together. It just seems like a very confusing.
0: I can't tell you what Cleveland's thinking.
2: It doesn't make no, any yeah. fucking sense to I have you. no
0: fucking idea what I'm Cleveland's fi- I'm thinking. I'm fine. But I'm okay with what Atlanta did. I'm yeah. I was, I was, Well, we'll, like we'll get to
2: that later, but I'm going to say in this trade, I will say Detroit won this trade within the sense that they're going to get rid of the Reggie Jackson contract. They're offloading the Andre Drummond contract. They're one of the. Uh, most lost organization in the NBA and at least coming into next season they can make an effort to rebuild see, or reshuffle the team.
1: I actually think that Cleveland won it because they gave up so little same, and like same. and you know what maybe Drummond decides to resign. It's Cle- but Cleveland same.
2: Cleveland is in no position even with Andre Drummond next year to be in the playoffs. Why are they investing twenty eight point five million dollars on, in a now, player now, who's off the card? Their long term future. When you
1: got both, if you have Kevin Love and if you give Kevin Love and DeAndre Drummond a training camp, like you don't have to play them together per se. Andre. But, what did I say? DeAndre? Yeah. My fault. DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. Uh if you give both those players a chance like, at, a, at a training camp, like it's still like more they upgraded their talent level on their team, right? I mean, now they could get rid of Tristan Thompson if they wanted, buy him but out of the insane. That's, a,
2: that's another insane thing. Tristan even, Thompson should have been a fucking trade ship. The guy's averaging a double double this season. I bet you nobody and, wanted that guy. Ultimately at the end of the day Why are you getting Andre Drummond When you already have Tristan Thompson yeah. and I just I just don't understand the trade Because, because they
1: didn't
0: give up anything for him. Yeah it's a
1: talent upgrade they're Why giving not Literally
2: nothing Right but, but they're also bringing $20.5 million on the books next year When they probably should be Spending that money Toward you know, pieces that are More this, conducive for a development For the young guys on this team As opposed to just a big name In Andre Drummond This free agent class
0: is garbage Like this year's free agent
2: And so class. is Andre Drummond To be completely honest with you Alright moving down the list We got Minnesota Timberwolves Got D'Angelo Russell Jacob Evans And Omari Spence. Ballman, the Golden State Warriors got Andrew Wiggins and a top three protected pick in twenty one and a twenty one second round pick. Graf, who do you think won this trade and why?
0: I think the Golden State Warriors won this trade. One hundred percent. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. I, I, I think it was. They tried it right. It was a trial. They tried to get D'Angelo to wrestle, D'Angelo Russell to come to Golden State. They wanted to see if he would be able to Minnesota. Uh, no to Golden State Okay Spurs. yeah yeah they, yeah they wanted to see If he would fit in with Curry Curry unfortunately got injured But it didn't look good When they were first When they were out there Dude, together this, the, the back and forth He was coming off the bench at first He, he had doesn't no defend fit, this right? trade He has doesn't no defend He doesn't On that team at all This trade
2: right? is all about the pick In my opinion Andrew Wiggins is irrelevant but In this I, trade But what are I you also about think
0: it? Andrew Wiggins is a, is a pure upside play for them
2: Exactly Like why not Why not see what he can get from Again you're locking into A four year contract Where he's making an obscene amount of money Based on what he's able, like, able to do on the to court To me the problem with Minnesota
0: but, Is Carl Anthony Towns it's not right, it's not,
2: right, right. We we can get to that in another time. But, but in, the, but in the situation though, you're talking about, you know, they signed D'Angelo Russell, um, didn't have to give up anything to get him. Okay. Wanna to come to a winning culture in Golden State bottomed out obviously he was expendable at the time and they flipped him for an asset a top a top three protected oh, it's perfect. pick it's that perfect. guy that you know. You draft that guy in 21 not a big contractor off the bat complimentary piece same thing with the first round pick they're probably gonna or first overall pick they're gonna get this year they draft Weissman or whatever yep. so they're only gonna have they're gonna have it's 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 such a fucking brilliant move on the front like I love this trade this might be my favorite but that, trade but that the picks, fact that they're able to get they're gonna
1: get a top three pick this year and they're probably gonna get a top five
0: but pick but low, sell high.
1: Yeah. won't that pick though Be like uh, later in the draft. It's Minnesota's. Oh, it's Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's Minnesota's pick. Yeah. yeah,
0: they're lucky it's top three protected. That might be, yeah. that might, that might be top three.
1: <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, yeah, no, I,
0: it's going to be like a, like a Clay Thompson like, like type you, pick, like, like an the,
1: 11. The issue of Golden
2: State was, you know, we're talking Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, or any of the 30s. They can re- sh- like refill the like the, the cupboard with two young guys they can build around in combination and being successful oh, in yeah. the immediate.
1: It's such uh, a smart move. Man. I, I like this. I actually like this move for uh, a few reasons. I actually kind of like it for both teams because watching... Uh, uh, the wolves last night, although their their sto- their coach is that young coach there Brian suck, Saunders? like he sucks man like the way he's got them playing compared to like the Tom Thibodeau like he basically went the exact opposite of Tom Thibodeau they, they don't play defense you got Carl Anthony Towns taking step back three pointers yep. right um mind you i think that like those that pick and roll between those two players and if they're Minnesota anything to make him happy and and not demand a trade and then on the other end i think it's good for golden state because now you've got like uh, almost like be, like a better version of Harrison Barnes, what Harrison Barnes used to be. I don't you know about a better version of Harrison Barnes. I think he is I, better. I really think he, I, I think, it, cause he, the, the thing is he could this be is a like, third option this now. This is like Andre Drummond hollow stats conversation though. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but, but here's the thing. All he's going to have to do is keep his man in front of him and score the ball. Like he's gonna be third option. No one could double team him. Like he doesn't yeah. have to be a superstar anymore. You know what's he, so funny? Just be a
2: scorer. Yeah. The narrative of people saying like, oh, like Andrew Andrew Wiggins in a situation where you know he's not the number one guy. He can play you know behind these superstars. Yeah, Maybe that was but, Minnesota. Yeah, this has fucking happened already. What are we yeah. talking about here? No, so, yeah. you're you're right.
0: If anything, the big the biggest difference for me is the coaching. Like he's been through Thibodeau. He's been through Ryan fucking Saunders. Saunders yeah. It, let's see how good of a coach Kerr is. Like again, no, like I we'll think see. see. They're giving him, him freedom too right now, right? We're, They're saying don't worry about. Sh- anything and not to mention you gotta remember they got Draymond Green who's gonna be playing the four beside him and Clay Thompson playing the two beside him too eventually he's got two of the best defenders and
2: Wiseman playing five eventually (laughs)
0: two of the best wing defenders surrounding him you couldn't put him in a better situation other than obviously Robert Covington and Jimmy Butler and
2: on the flip and on the flip side like you're talking about DeAndre Russell probably I would say top five worst defensive point guards in the NBA playing with arguably the worst offensive center in the NBA and currently Towns. That place can be a fucking black hole defensively. All right, moving down the list, we got another trade. Miami Heat got Andre Iguodala, Jake Crowder, and Salmon Hill. Memphis snagged Justice Winslow, Gian Waiters, and Gorgie Dank, because they flipped James Johnson for him. And Minnesota uh, obviously got James Johnson in that trade. For me, the clear-cut winner is Miami. I love what Miami did in this trade. You're offloading James Johnson's $7.5 million contract. Dion Waiters, $12.5 million contract. You're obviously... And then you're, you're bringing Crowder, Solomon Hill, both expiring contracts. You're going all, all in on 2021 free agency. It's Miami. You've got a lot of big marquee names up there and they just empty the books. Uh, two guys that clearly are not really, you know what I mean? Like, even part of the rotation at least they got three guys like Crowder Crowder's been crushing it the Crowder, last two games
0: Crowder's the reason for me why Miami wins this trade I think Crowder I don't think it's Iguodala who's the big steal in this one I honestly think it's Dre Crowder and you're right like look at the impact he's had the last couple of games he's already played Like the
2: only thing like we, why like, I want down with Miami in this trade as much is because they gave Iguodala the two year, 50, two year 30 right. he looked fine the last couple of games he played he looked. He, he
1: scored a combined four points
2: I know but it's like you know it's like uh, like, like two points like six rebounds seven yeah, assists two blocks he steals kind of blocks, shit you know steals. what I mean it, it seemed like that great. version
1: of Andre is out there that's what they need uh, him for right plus I, he hasn't played since I think, last year. I think everyone's overrating this trade or sorry this thing from Miami uh, okay when I heard that they were going to get Gallinari as well then I was like okay Miami's legit now I think Jake Crowder is very inconsistent and for sure for sure but you're saying you're talking Justice Winslow. like long in the tooth Greg, Justice Winslow did not play for this
2: team this season, really, nor was he part of their future plans. The most efficient time he played was a point forward last year, and that's not necessarily going to happen again. So he, they gave up on J- Justice Winslow. But he's the rotation. good, man. He's fine. James Johnson Dion Deion Waiters were not part of their rotation, so two guys who were not even playing for that <laughs> team. Yeah. So you're talking about flipping three asses, three guys who were not even part of their plans this season, and getting guys like Jay Crowder, Andre Igorala, even Slama Hill's offensive big body as well. These are three serviceable guys that can he be part of their playoff
1: team. Whatever. Yeah. Let's say let's say Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala. At least so you're you know two what in two guys. Trade for me, Memphis, because they they stuck to their guns and they said we we're not gonna buy Iguodala out. And look what they ended up getting. They got I, Justice Winslow to add to that team.
0: That's good.
2: Man. They bought out Dion Waiters and they brought in yeah. Gorgie Dang. Yeah, it's not it's not bad at all.
0: Dion Waiters just making money. Getting
2: high I love it uh, Moving down the list <laughs> The one the we're talking The one we're talking About earlier um, Houston Rockets Getting Rob Covington Jordan Bell On the right. second round Pick yeah, from Warriors Atlanta got Clint Capel and Nene They bought out Nene Minnesota got Malik Beasley Juan Herman Gomez Evan Turner Jared Vanderbilt And a twenty twenty first. And Denver got Gerald Green Kata Bates Diop Shabazz Napier Noah Vonley And a 21st From the Houston Rockets uh, Who's the winner for this I guess you guys Are going to go with Atlanta
0: No I, honestly for me It's Minnesota
2: Yeah 100%, 100% um, uh, I, I, That's
0: the one Thing about watching the game last night for me, Malik Beasley and Juan Hernan Gomez can ball.
2: I've been a big Malik Beasley guy Beasley's for a while, good. man. It's a depth in Denver, you know, just not getting Denver, the opportunity. I, but it, these guys are studs. Like these guys are borderline starting fives, especially Malik I Beasley. I agree. Fully. Like if I would, dude, if I was Denver, I would probably keep Malik Beasley over Harris. Like Harris has been a fucking been disaster offensively this year, he's offensively this year and he's making like point? what $15-$60 60000000
0: dollars a year, right? Yeah, no, I honestly think that Minnesota wins this trade just because. These are guys that obviously have a winning culture behind them too, so they're gonna bring that. Minnesota, uh, we were watching. I was watching the game last night and it showed how many guys they got rid of and how many yeah, guys they it was brought ridiculous. in. It is completely different now. But the guys well, they brought in. what happens like-
2: when you lose ten games in a row? You gotta fuck. But again, like James Johnson,
0: <laughs> right? Like you talk about like the players <laughs> that are like James
2: Johnson. Look again, where he like- ended up.
0: Players who can w- who have won before. James Johnson had to has a one before. Yeah, Miami this Did you year.
2: see like, James Johnson see when he first came when he came into Minnesota at home? He had like the most like cocky fucking like like fur jacket
1: like. That's team. his problem. He's the best. He he always like bl- like thought he was better than he was and and wanted to be a player. That irrational he wasn't. confidence guy. Yeah, but no, like that usually works for guys like Dion Waiters that can fill it up. James Johns could, could never do that. He just should have embraced his role as a defense first role player and the Raptors would have never got rid of him. He
2: should have just joined the UFC. Like, Graf, um, can can Clint Capella and John Collins Hoss, coexist yes. in the
0: front court, do you think? I, I do think because John Collins can stretch the four. I agree with Do you me, think Capella he has the speed inch. to
2: guard the perimeter?
0: But first of all, this is one of the problems because I've been watching a lot of Atlanta games and honestly, like John Collins is forced to be down low a lot of the time because he's right. the only rebounder other than Alex fucking Len who sucks. So basically, he's forced to be down low. He can't stretch the floor. He can't do what John Collins wants to do a lot of the time. Right. Even though he still fills the stat sheet up. But you bring in someone like like Capella who can actually kind of go down low I think it just frees up John Collins more than anything, and Trey Young, because now the pick and roll, he's got two solid options, and we've seen the pick and roll with Harden and Capella. Right. It's worked really, really well. Trey Young is one of the best pick and roll point guards in the league. I think for him specifically, again, it's co- kind of like the trade to Minnesota, except way more effective to me, in where you're trying to keep your star happy. Like, they got D'Angelo Russell because he's Karl-Anthony Towns' best friend. Yeah. Trey Young has been basically on Twitter begging for some help in Atlanta this year because they've been so bad. Clint Capella is exactly the type of player that Trey Young's wanted. So you're really just making your superstar happy. And honestly, even if it doesn't work, at least you, like the, the efforts, you know what I mean? Like at least Trey would see that efforts there, and I, I do think that they'll be they couldn't be worse than what they are now.
2: Greg, what do you think about the small ball in Houston? Obviously, it's, your boy PJ Tucker, six foot five, playing a center six position, 6'4". Four, four. Is, is this something that you think? Like obviously, the first game know, they played, they took out the Lakers. Is this something that?
0: So
1: I, and I watched that game. I did. Um,
0: bro, he shrinks every day. I heard he's five eight. <laughs>
1: well, okay. Um, usually. That would be it. Would be ridiculous to think that you could start someone, even in this era of basketball, you could start someone that small, because like you're just giving up so much in terms of it's not even the rebounding, it's interior defense. Like like you need to have someone at the rim to challenge shots, or else anybody that gets beat in the perimeter, it's like you have a line drive to the basket, right? And I just found it interesting that they included Nene in that
2: trade,
0: right? No,
1: like they be because they're they're all in on small ball. But here's the thing, it might. Work in Houston because the the fact of the matter is they got Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook is one of is one of the all time best at getting to the rim, and and you know and we see this like uh, with with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid the same problem where if you got a big man that's that needs the ball in the post they're gonna be around the net and when Simmons drives there's that extra center that's there so we, would you watch? The the Rockets now like the path is open because the center doesn't want to leave PJ Tucker in the corner because Tucker's one of the best corner three point shooters in the in the league. Honestly, I'm skeptical. I'm really like like it see it really see. Couldn't they have found a player that has a little more length and and, and height to at least serve as a rim protector? Because Tucker doesn't do that at all.
2: Alrighty, so we're going to the third quarter right now. So, and then, am, I
1: and kinda- or, am, am I mad? Am I mad? It's crazy, right?
2: Well, we'll transition to this. So so we're talking about... We're going to the third quarter right now. We're talking about the potential NBA buyout market. So obviously players who... Are not in anymore. Teams will spy out their contract. They're free to sign with any or other organization, obviously the contenders. So, guys, I'm going to drop some names right now. And who really sticks out to you? And where do you think I'm going? Like, who, like, you can give me a couple names. So, Tristan Thompson, Maurice Harkless, Reggie Jackson, Deion Waiters, JR Smith, Iman Shumpert, Evan Turner, Isaiah Thomas, Tyler Johnson, Courtney Lee, Graf. Who do you got? A couple names there that come up to mind. And where do you
0: think they would go? Well, I know obviously Deion Waiters and JR Smith have kind of been linked. Now to to the Lakers because a clutch Collison. sport, yeah, and all obviously Collison as well, saying that he's not he's not yeah. gonna come out of yeah. retirement this year. So they do need a guard. I know we were talking about the Lakers earlier, needing a big man, and you know, oh no, they like they need another Sorry, playmaker. Need a player, but yeah. I, I think it's a guard. That's what they need. Um, Tristan Thompson's pretty interesting, but his contract's so expensive. So for me, I, honestly, I don't know if, if he's gonna. Go anywhere right now? Well, it's
2: not. It's a buyout of the current contract. He's in re-opting into a vet minimum.
0: But but they still have to agree to the buyout.
2: He'll agree to a buyout. He doesn't want to fucking play behind Andre Drummond.
1: No, I well I he's guess young, not. man. Like it's not like well
0: he, like we, kind of like last year though when there's a, when it was the buyout market? In the end, there's some like we got Jimmy Lynn didn't we, from the buyout market last year? Yeah. yeah. Like in the end of the day, none of these players are really. They don't. None of them stick out to me. That's my answer to you. None of them stick out to me in doing anything for any team significant in any significant moment. Waiters is interesting
1: for, in the case of the Lakers because, like, he man, he, this is a guy that was putting up like borderline All Star numbers.
0: Why isn't Jamal a few Crawford on this list?
1: Yeah, Jamal, but Jamal Here's Crawford's Jamal another buckets. person that that you can look at. But but Waiters said the Lakers' interest is probably like he's the most talented I think player on that list.
0: That we talked yeah, about, right? Yeah. Reggie Jackson maybe. I'm gonna tell you one thing, LeBron ain't taking J.R. Smith back. Fuck. <laughs> hey. There's one guy I like no for,
2: the, uh, for the for the raps. I just like the idea of just having that sort of no. backcourt depth in no, Courtney Lee. Who? Courtney Lee. I just think like being Why? 11, 12th guy, similar Boucher Jeremy percent. Lynn situation. If Boucher, if let's say Powell, you know, obviously isn't himself when he comes back from his injury, or if it takes him a couple weeks to get back into playing form, just having this sort of backup insurance to have at least one guy, a veteran presence, who can at least sort of fill that role up until you know no one. He else hasn't to been
1: back. playing a lot, like even last year in Dallas, like he, he really Tyler. A Tyler Johnson support. could
2: be another name I can throw out there. Tyler
1: Johnson is uh. interesting too because he's younger. Well,
2: we're overlooking the most. Like the second, okay. Like no disrespect to Carmelo, I apologize. Obviously, the best player in the NBA, but like the number two guy in my opinion, Evan Turner. It's a shame that no one Your wants boy. the villain himself. I've been hearing rumors of him going back to back to Boston. Um, that would be an interesting signing for them. But yeah, you're right, Graf. It's a pretty shitty pool of players in the bio market this year. Well, well, None no of those Reggie guys Jack- are shitty. They're Reggie,
0: NBA players. Exactly. And okay. Reggie, Reggie Jackson's actually kind of interesting, but I mean. Well, he, isn't, like, he hasn't
2: been bought out yet, but, but the whole speculation behind him is that he is in the last year of that five-year contract he got. Right. Um, he obviously wants to play for a contender. He's not playing at all for Detroit right now. So it could be like, you know, the, the consolation prize for the LA Lakers of bring in Reggie Jackson as their point guard considering the Collison's out, right?
0: Anyone's
1: better than Rondo. Yeah, right now, yeah. Fucking Rondo.
2: All right, guys, we'll be back in a second. Peace. Alrighty, we are back with the Diamond Pizza sponsored, not sponsored Sponsor segment, uh, Greg's Gripe. So I think the big topic you want to discuss this week, your gripe at hand, your frustration stems from the fact that you personally feel like the American media complex, yes, another battle Sp- between- The sport
1: media complex, Another yes. battle
2: between Greg and the sport media complex, uh, that Kyle Lowry isn't getting the love and respect he deserves when it came to his all-Star Eastern All-Star uh bid bid I guess is a reserve. Uh many pundits I guess from your perspective are not really giving him the love uh the respect I guess I was mentioning, you know, obviously one of the uh an old school point guard guys has been in the league for a while, consecutive All-Star point guard for one of the best teams in the NBA, we are obviously talking about a 15 game win streak. Uh what's your gripe?
1: Look man, this just this isn't just about those boneheads on TNT, which while entertaining, Right, are incredibly biased, right? It's not just about that, but I want to focus on that. And I mean you could look into this a bit. Uh two out of the four of them didn't even have Lowry down on the ballot. He wasn't even on the ballot, right? When he gets chosen, right, by the coaches, of course, because the coaches respect what he does. Shaq sits there and makes the argument that Beal, who I actually really like, I like Bradley Beal, should be in the game, Lowry should be out, and he says he doesn't have all-star numbers. Look, I always thought that the reason that those guys were disrespecting Lowry for all those years is because, quite simply, he didn't get it done in the playoffs, right? Like, he couldn't carry a team, right, past LeBron. Last year, this guy comes out And drills, what is it, six threes or something like that in game six? Something ridiculous. Comes out, you know, played a huge role in taking us over the top. So he's a champion now, right? So you can't use that excuse anymore, right? Like, the guy's a champion. He's a five-time incumbent all-star. But for some reason, after he wins the chip, he's not on the ballot and he's averaging 20 points a game for the second team in the East what is that Brandon if not disrespect
2: yeah it's it's difficult to determine if he is an actual all-star you know like he goes at the uh, the Conley example right like maybe not the uh, flashiest guy on the court but his skill sets conducive to victory um it's it's hard because you know it's just not the MVP where the MVP's based on skills or not skill set but you know combination of skill set uh accomplishment as well as their team's pecking order. Um obviously they're not going to elect a non-playoff guy as an MVP. I think the All-Star games is a little bit different. I think everybody's involved. It's the guys who are the flashiest. I'm just trying to like dissenting side the guys who are the flashiest most like fun guys to watch that's the all-star yeah. game's about Kyle Lowry's that's some bolts fundamentals you know other guys out there maybe like a Devin Booker is a lot more flashier to watch in that sort of loose all-star game
1: matter but you know what planet. like like when you're talking first of all the coaches vote on the reserves so you know Players like what you just described. You got your shot to get into the fans because you're right. The fans are going to vote on the flashiness, right? Um, well, like we we understand the fact that the All Star game is pointless. There's no there's no value in it.
2: There's no reason to win. So at the of the day, it's for the fans, right? And if you're going to have that sort of like loose game, why not involve people who are just like loose? Like Carmelo Anthony would be the best like All Star
1: example. A guy is not necessarily conducive to victory, but a guy that is fun to watch. But here's the thing, right? Like. You play basketball to win. Like, and, and, you know, we value these things that look good or that are sexy on highlights, but really, you play the game to win. Like, Jordan wasn't Michael Jordan because, you know, he can jump high and it looked cool, right? That's Dominique Wilkins, right? Dominique Wilkins could do that. He was flashy, human highlight reel. He was great. It'd be like he wilkins won. Pippen
2: comparison for All-Star, you know what I mean?
1: No, but my point is that Jordan is so great, not just because of his individual skill, but because he willed his team to victory by doing a lot of intangible things, right? And if you actually watch Lowry, if you watch him as a true bat and this is what pisses me off, these guys are supposed to be true basketball lovers, right? If you watch him play, it's a purist. Like, like it's a there's a purity to how Lowry plays. He puts Everything out there, the guy leads a team. His story, like you know, that he's the only player in NBA history to play, I think it was eight or nine, I think it's eight seasons, not get voted in the All Star game, and then get six straight All Star votes. Right, like he's a special story, man. The bottom line is the guy influences winning. Right to me, that's an All Star. Right, and and I'm I I don't know why Lowry has to continue. To fight for this. Maybe it's because, you're right, his game isn't like as flashy or whatever, right? Or maybe it's because he plays in Toronto and there's a media blackout here so they don't get to see them play. It's
2: but also it's more, disrespectful. It's also more of an indication of how much respect he has garnered in the pockets that matter. Not from the fan perspective, exactly. but the coaches, the, coach. the people who actually make those type of decisions. And, you know, he obviously has the respect of his peers, so... Yeah, it's it's, it's it's obviously ridiculous that you have you know a former player or NBA media member or someone who actually knows a game to actually dissent. It's a joke. It's a complete fucking joke. Um, I, 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 like, again, like I could find reasons why they wanted, wouldn't want to involve Kyle in the All-Star game. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we're talking about merit. Who deserves to be there? And Kyle 100% deserves hey, to be in all I
1: was watching, and okay, I was watching the other day, and you talk about how the All-Star game, you know, it's not really a, a, a competitive whatever. I was watching, because after Kobe's unfortunate death, um, tragic death, they had an older All-Star game on uh, that was, uh, I think, Kobe's first All-Star game, and Jordan was in it. And, I, and I'm watching this game. Dude, they were competing. It is. It was way more competitive than what you see now. Like, Kevin Garnett was actually, like, yeah, they were highlight real plays, but it wasn't because, like, you know, people were playing Olay defense. Well, it like just, it's like
2: it's expansion of social media, individual brands, and everyone seems like a friend now. There's so doesn't seem to be any sort of, like, rivalry, antagonism, any hatred. And the game the is shit
1: because of it. Like, and, and you know what? There's a double gripe. because I'm telling you, man, I don't look forward to the All-Star game anymore at all. Like, this new format, maybe a little bit because of the way that they've made the teams, but not at all do I look forward to these all-star games anymore. Not at all compared to what they used to be. Here's my proposition, right? You do the same thing that you do with the Rising Stars game where you get the world, and I'm, I don't even want to say against the USA. I, I I think it should be the world against the Americas, where you can get, uh maybe or maybe even the world against North America, right? If you look at the team, think about who you would have on the world team: Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic, Pascal Siakam, the Greek Freak, right? I think it would be a super entertaining game. Well, it's cool they're doing it for like the Young Star game, I guess. But... They should. They did it. I, I liked it in hockey. Don't you remember them in hockey? Oh, for sure. I, I I thought they were really really fun, and they were because the players actually had some pride, so they competed. Well, it's also something to play for, you know what I mean? International recognition, North American game versus the international game, the growth of the game. It might be good for the league overall as well. And you know, just you know, one last tidbit here. It didn't escape me that uh, Giannis picked his African brother, Pascal Siakam That's and Joel right, Embiid, buddy. and 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 who gets to coach them? Nick Nurse. That's right. The.
2: Africa, Nick Nurse. All right, uh, thank you very much for <laughs> listening, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, thank Put
1: some you- respect on Lowry's name.
2: There we go. You catch the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, some other stuff, <laughs> SoundCloud. SoundCloud. That sounds about right. Alrighty, peace out, Toronto. Got it! One
1: point two seconds to go. Vince.